Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order podcast. We are the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers, six women of an age seeking the sublime in the ordinary. I am Mystic Mary. I'm the Mystic Stargazer, and I'm the facilitator of today's podcast. I am Mystic Joanne, and I am the Mystic Defender. I'm Marion, the Mystic Dog Whisperer. We're short two mystics today. Mystic Margie and Mystic Katie are not here, and we've got Mystic Gail, but she's sitting over here wearing headphones and we'll probably hear from her before all this is over. But we have a very special guest today, my BFF, Dana Ginther. We've been buddies since ninth grade. She lives across the pond in Spain, in Valencia. She's a talented potter. She's the author of three novels, Crossing on the Paris, The, Women, the Woman in the Photograph, and Admiral's Baths. <laughs> and she is an ESL teacher. Well, nice to be here. Always nice to come back to my hometown of Auburn. That, by the way, was a nice short introduction to yourself, Dana. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we, want, we want you to pitch you, your books. Oh, is what we want okay. you to do. Well, I will say that um, the three books that Mary mentioned are all historical fiction. Two of them take place in the 1920s, if you're interested in the jazz age. And then one of them is a multi-epic historical, which takes place in Valencia, Spain, my hometown, where I'm living. So, so where can I get them? Well, they, are, they appear in bookshops from time to time, but the most reliable source, I'm afraid to say, is Amazon. Are any of them oh. available on Kindle? Yes, they are. Wow. Which one? All of them, and one, the Admiral's Baz, is also on Audible, and you can hear this voice. Yes, the voice you're listening to at this moment, reading the book. Too so. cool. I love that, that you read your own book. That's yeah, wonderful. It was, it was a lot of fun. So. That's one thing Dana has in common with Michelle Obama, reading oh. your own book. All right. Go, Michelle. <laughs> All right. So now we've had a more proper introduction. If it sounds a little noisy, we're branching out. We learned a lot in season one. We sat around tables and made podcasts, but now, a few episodes into season two, we're out in public. Today, we are podcasting from Mama Mocha's Coffee Emporium in Auburn, Alabama, owned by Sarah Barnett Gill, and we are so happy that she's let us do this here today. To tell you a little about where we are, there's some flags hanging on the window. I see Jimi Hendrix, the Grateful Dead skeleton, and a horoscope. And behind me, I see a larger-than-life portrait of my daughter, who happens to be nude. (laughs) Uh, There's some comfy couches. Folks are sitting around, and we've asked them if they want to join us today. But as Mary said, we are women of an age, and I think we scare them. I think we're very, very (laughs) scary. So intimidating. Yes. And, you know, that's a good lead-in. We don't know what's going to happen on this podcast. And that's appropriate because of the theme of the podcast, which is the unexpected or paranormal or the unexplained. Unexplained. Y'all ready to jump right in? Oh, wait. I have a disclaimer. When I uh, looked up paranormal online, a whole bunch of books with 
vampires, zombies, and bloodthirsty demons showed up. And that's not what we are talking about. We're talking about more subtle, scary stuff. Although I could, because I'm on episode 1080 of Dark Shadows (laughs) right now, and that is the truth. But they're not really malicious vampires. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, no. No, no, no. I'm in love with Barnabas. Exactly. Quite the opposite. Yes. And I have ESP because I knew when I said that that Marion was going to say, no, wait, we might. So what what have y'all done? Tell us about, let's talk about attempts we've made to delve into the world of the paranormal. Well, how many of us as teenagers spend the nights or even pre-teens at spend the nights, you know, didn't do the Ouija board? We did that. I did the Ouija board. I did the Ouija board. Yeah. And I don't know that I learned anything exciting from it. It was always a yes, no. We always get tired if we had to spell out the answers. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) it's challenging. When I was growing up out in rural Russell County, my friend Lynn, the mystics met Lynn. Oh, yes. yes. Recently, nice. we went to her lovely home down in Seal, Alabama. And we were doing a Ouija board one night over at their house. And y- y'all went to their house. Oh, so yes. you can imagine how fertile that would be for the imagination of children having a seance. And to a huge antebellum home. So and her little that. brother, who was our constant source of annoyance got somewhere upstairs and got in a fireplace and started making noises so that it tra- they traveled down the chimney no. into the room. We were doing the sound. And we jumped up from that Ouija board and took off running and screaming to the room. Our parents were in so fast. So that was my most memorable experience with a Ouija board. Oh, I love it. We would always conjure the same spirit, and it was like John or Jack. Because I'm sure we were too lazy to spell out a Barnabas. good name. <laughs> but I had a really funny time watching our children try to learn to do the Ouija board. Emma invited some friends over, and some of y'all's kids may have been there. I don't know. And they got on the Internet, and they, they typed in, you know, how to do the Ouija board. Well, one young man was practicing piano. Somebody else was playing with the dogs, and Emma would run around and say, no, 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 we have to turn off all the lights, and we have to light candles. And so they would turn off all the lights, and they would light candles, and then they would get right back on the Internet and look up the next step. So I, <laughs> That just seems wrong it somehow. Not, it just did not conjure the same kind of eeriness as it had for me when I was little. Well, after I got to be an adult, I started buying every Ouija board I found at a yard sale to keep it out of the hands of impressionable children because we got so scared and of course in the meantime I married someone who thought Ouija boards were sinful and so wow. I just started buying them. So I, you, you were doing a good deed by buying up all deed, those evil good things. Deed. I'd keep them in the trunk of the Camry. Maybe that's why the Camry wrecked four times. <laughs> <laughs> those evil spirits wanted out. <laughs> so well, just for me, I've always thought they were aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, so I, I could Im- I could imagine just putting one up in my house as a piece of art. And that's, for right. me, the same reason I love tarot cards so much. Because I think they're beautiful. They are. But I just had a reading last weekend. Yes. You had a reading as... I did. At a... At a true psychics? Well, a friend of mine has decided she is going to dedicate herself to reading Tarot. Ah. And so I was one of her guinea pigs. And she did a very good job. 
I think, because it looks like success is on the way. Ah. Yay. So I'm excited about that. And my first card, which was the past, was indicated by the Ten of Swords, which are all those swords yes. sticking in your back. And, well, I could relate to that. And then it moved on to greener pastures. So it looks like the worst is in the past. So, and I, in my past, have done a little tarot. What is your card? It was the Two of Cups, which ah. was the falling in love card. But Ooh, I think nana. that's the finding a new editor card. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So. What is your card, Joanne? Mine was the Queen of Wands. No, the Queen of Wands, yes. The Queen of Wands. Like magic wands? Like, bang. Oh, well, actually, they're they're represented they, by sticks with. They could with be wands or staves, like yes. a staff. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what my card was, but I do remember what my reading was. was I was it? in graduate school. I was struggling financially. And someone did my reading, and all I remember about I remember the outcome more than I remember the reading. I remember that there was going to be a change of fortune for the better. And that there was a rube involved. A what? A rube. <laughs> like an old country hick? Well, like a, <laughs> like a country person, you know, a country person. I'm sorry, I thought that word had a negative connotation. I, did too. I wasn't well, trying to be the name rude of the to card, the rube. If I'm not mistaken. The rube, I don't recall that, but yeah, it could be. But um, anyway, within 48 hours, I got a phone call from my mama saying that daddy had sold some of our land to a country neighbor <laughs> and that a rube. they wanted to pay, this was back when i was oh, quite a few years ago when john david was little they wanted to pay my visa card for me oh. because i was paying such a high interest on it that i couldn't ever bring the balance down well thank you rube. so i mean that <laughs> actually happened and the next time i tried something like that still struggling financially i feng shui the den and I ah. turned all the poison arrows in another direction with mirrors, and I did put crystals where they were supposed to be, and I unblocked all of the energy. And I can't remember what happened then, but I came into something like two thousand dollars. Oh gosh, you were flush. And then wow. you got all your dogs, and you had to block all the energy right. again, <laughs> so right. they wouldn't go the see each other. It's all blocked. Well, I am feeling like I'm all left out because I don't think I've ever had my cards read. I decided to make tarot cards one time Ooh. sitting around the table. I made two. One is the Madonna and one is Czar Nicholas. <laughs> I don't know what my theme was. And since I've never had my cards read, they're probably not going to be a very effective deck. <laughs> I still have my tarot cards tucked away someplace. I you know, still you, have mine, too. I have mine. Yeah. You, you wrap them in silk and put them in a very safe place and... Hopefully they keep their magic. Well, I was planning to bring a bottle of Florida water today and talk about how it disperses negative energy. And one of the specific things, if you read up on Florida water, one of the... But do you mean Florida tap water? Or what do you mean by that? It's, it's bottled water. It's, it, it has an alcohol base and, hmm. and herbs. Or one of the specific things that it mentions as a use for Florida water, people used to put it on their children for sunburn, too. Hmm. So it has uses within the natural world as well as in the supernatural world but it mentions that if you're a thrift store shopper or an estate sale shopper it might be a good idea to wash your purchases with florida water to get any energy 
from the former owner off any negative really? energy. And is that why you keep it? Do I, you do that? I don't do that, but I may start doing that. I just keep, I bought it because I kept coming across it in my readings. And, and our queen mystic just held up an index card that said, what about OxyClean? <laughs> is not very paranormal oxyclean but where where would one find florida water and is it in florida water like flowered water yes it's flies it's just an exit as in florida flowered you can find it at um the mexican tienda at the el midway plaza Ah. you can find it at the gallery Yes. On South College, or you can order it from Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Amazon would sponsor us. <laughs> Maybe Amazon would. I think you need to wash everything you get from Amazon.com with Florida water. Well, <laughs> or OxyClean. <laughs> and as I was thinking about Florida water, I remembered when Gail bought her new house, we went to a purification ceremony there mm-hmm. that did not involve Florida water. It involved sage. Yes, I smudged my new house because the previous owner needed to be smudged out. I didn't have just regular sage because while I was in Santa Fe, as all you know, if you've been to Santa Fe, you can pick sage up off the road. But I bought mine at the Hacienda from a native, so it was special sage that she probably got on the side of the road. And I paid $10 for it, so you know it worked. Of course. And so we say we smudged the whole house, and my very dear friend Jordan did it. Yes. So now I live in a purified house. Did you get holy dirt for your house as well? Well, I gave it away. Ah, that's good. The thing about getting holy dirt in this place in Santa Fe is it's supposed to be for people who can't walk or are uh, on crutches in a wheelchair, but it's... <laughs> not handicap accessible <laughs> to go get the dirt. <laughs> That's so, one way of keeping them healthy. So as I'm walking out with my big Ziploc bag of holy dirt, there's a woman in a wheelchair crying. And I thought, well, who needs this holy dirt? Me or the person that can't get in the place where the handicapped people can't reach? So I gave it away. I could have had some holy dirt. <laughs> Katie said she'd have hers with mine, Mystic Katie, but no, I thought that would unholy it. Well, I just bought some sage on a trip because one of my daughters will be in a new dwelling soon and will smudge. But when I moved into the house I live in now, I had it blessed by a priest. And you you did too. Yes, I look at Joanne's rolling her eyes because she's like, what are you talking about, girl? I'm an Episcopalian. I want to know what priest came. Good, good, my joy. Episcopal. Oh, oh yes, an Episcopal priest. Excuse me, and I, I have been corrected before. Instead of Roman Catholic, it is an, Epis- an Anglican Catholic priest. So it was a delightful time. We had lots and lots of champagne, and we picked branches from the yard, and the kids thought it was great fun, and we had a crew of folks that went around from each room, and somebody came up and whispered to me right before we went into my bedroom <laughs> that there was a pair of dirty underwear on the bed. <laughs> so <laughs> we rushed in and threw it under the bed and <laughs> went about our way. So embarrassing when yes. your underwear is out when your priest is coming through <laughs> to bless your house. So, Dana, you live in a relatively new house. Did you Well, smudge? I did. No, I didn't. But I was just thinking about when Carlos and I were living in Costa Rica and we... We moved into this place, and it looked relatively new and in pretty good condition to us. Carlos was very outgoing about meeting all the neighbors. And come to find out, 
six months later, when we had already come back to Valencia, back to Spain, that the neighbors told him immediately when we moved into the house that it was haunted. Oh. And he told all of them, don't tell her, don't tell my <laughs> wife, because he decided that if we both thought it was haunted, we would feed into that and that we would freak out because that's what happens in right. haunted houses. But what was interesting to me while we were living there is I would sometimes say, I heard the strangest noise mm -hmm. up in this you know, part of the roof. And he would say, really? What did you hear? Where was it? <laughs> Show it to me. What, what exactly did it sound like? And I thought, he has never shown this level of interest before uh, in my complaints <laughs> about household things. And, and so it was very interesting. And he, our daughter was just two and she looked a lot like the kid from poltergeist and so he would find himself carol ann carol ann and carol she had <laughs> really blonde hair and she had that sweet innocent look and he would find himself in the middle of the night going to check on them oh, on gosh. our children and then sometimes he would just nestle in the bed with them and fall asleep because he was really freaking out all by himself but at least i couldn't feed into it. And when he told me when we got home, I was just shocked. Well, and you've not heard this story. I think some of our listeners have, but we lived in a house with all of us. Let's say George was born there. So yes, all 12 of us, all the 12 children um, that was haunted in West Point, Georgia. And it was a lady who lived upstairs in a, a kind of an antebellum home. And she would go, my brothers would see her going up and down the hallway she never bothered them, but she would come downstairs and tuck my younger brothers and sisters in. Wow. They were untucked. So it's all benevolent. Yeah. Well, the neighbors would say to Carlos, how are things going? Anything strange <laughs> happening? And I, I would say, everything's fine. What, and did they ever determine what ghost? Did they say what ghost They said the previous tenants only lasted a, a month and that sometimes they would be seen sitting outside. Wow. Because they were so, anything would make them nervous. I went to visit you in that house with my husband and stepmother and I, I didn't hear any unusual noises except maybe those little scorpions scuttering around at night. I know there were scorpions, yeah. Ooh. Well, I those just are worse looked than up ghosts. the tarot deck and I can't find a rube. So now I'm second guessing my reading. Maybe it was the fool. Maybe it was the fool. And that your, um, your parents said, a real idiot just bought that property. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how it happened. But you know, the idiot or the fool is not a bad card. No. It's a new beginning. It's new, newness. Voila. A yeah, new beginning for you. And the person who got the land. Yeah. Have you been fretting over that for like the last couple yeah. of minutes? Marian? Yeah. Cause, yeah, I've know. been Googling yeah. tarot card faces, Rube <laughs> in tarot, and there's nothing. So now I'm thinking, was my entire reading a hoax? Well, maybe I will add him to my deck. Thank you. That's that good making. with the czar. Yeah, a Rube, a czar, and the Madonna. I think so that's far. an excellent idea. We should start our own tarot deck. We well, don't come over any time. I've always got index cards and magazines. You could include the mystics. Yeah. Ooh. And they're friends. Local <laughs> artist Brennan Reese has done a wonderful tarot deck that yes. I would love to buy. Eventually will. In Have you fact, seen it, I've Mary? seen them online. Yeah, me too. There are some wonderful paintings around Mama Mocha's right now that could be tarot. There's one that looks like a Madonna. There's one that looks like the Lovers. And shout out to the artist who did these paintings. That's Sarah Scott. And oh. you can 
who, look her up online. She's a very, very talented self-taught artist. Who, who shares a child with Brendan Reese who did the tarot deck. Yeah. <laughs> Wonders never cease. She small town. appears to have a black Jesus sacred heart. Okay, well, we're, we're gazing at the art, and y'all can't appreciate it with us. Just come on so, down yeah. to Mama Mocha's. That's Where right. does the artist live? Here in Auburn, and she lives in a set of apartments designed by the architect who designed my house. Oh. So the world's just getting smaller and smaller. Those are beautiful houses. Yeah. How could someone buy her art here? They can buy it here at Mama Mocha's, or they can contact her directly. And she also does several art shows. And again, you can find her on Facebook. I think she has a website or not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not being a very good spokesperson. Spokesperson, for yes. Sarah. Sarah Scott. Sarah Scott. You can find her on Facebook, or you can contact us. We'll find her for you. Now that I have a microphone, I've been listening to y'all talk about reading your tarot cards, and I'm thinking, since we're women of a certain age. I just am not very interested in having my future told. <laughs> well, <laughs> because we, we, I know who I'm going to marry. <laughs> I know who my kids are. <laughs> I know what my profession was. Right. Um, so what then is left for me to hear in these cards? Grandchildren. Grandchildren? Okay. All right, Maybe. I'll give you that. Are you yeah. listening, Rivers? <laughs> Everybody's always interested in their future, but you're right. As our future gets shorter and shorter. A late life romance? I was <laughs> or your say, afterlife. Oh, your afterlife. Yes. Well, yes. when I was just a young thing starting out in my early 20s, I went with my friend Mike to have my tea leaves red in downtown Boston. We went upstairs, poured the tea, did the things, and I was rolling my eyes, and this tea leaf reader, Earl was his name, Earl the tea leaf reader. Earl Gray? that I would be. <laughs> Mayhaps. Earl, Earl Gray, the tea leaf reader. Gosh. Said that in no time, something like a year, I would be married to a European and have a child. And I rolled my eyes all the way to the back of my head and said that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard in my life. And within a year, I was married to Joe, who is not a European, but his grandparents were first generation. They came over on the boat, so he's, you know, he's pretty pure. And with um, a name like Dan, and I had a kid. Yeah, <laughs> so and you had a child. I should. You know, pay more attention to those things. Well, you know, and I always believe that just like an eagle can see something farther away than we can, a dog can hear and smell something farther away than we can, that maybe there are people who can look into places that we can't look and see farther into the future than we can. Or just see different perspectives or different things that we were too close to. I like to think that a lot. Just everybody know that that's our church-going mystic talking like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think in Catholicism, playing around with the supernatural is sinful the way it is in some religions. Unexpected, unexplained, possibly paranormal. I thought, you know, that's what Catholics live. That's what religion, we believe in it. That's what I like about the Catholic Church is those saints and those candles and that incense and those unattainable men. (laughs) (laughs) She would be talking about priests. <laughs> monks. Oh, monks. There was a I'm monk. Still praying for us right now. There was a monk in your past? I had the worst crush on a monk when I was 21, and he was 42. He was a former Trappist monk. They, didn't, they had to take the vow of 
silence of everything well everything including silence tell us more well, we still exchange Christmas cards you all these do? years later. Let's see if if I if he was forty two when I was twenty one, and I'm sixty five now. How old would that make him? Eighty what? I wasn't paying attention enough because I'm still amazed that you're still in touch with your seventy five, eighty five. He would be like eighty six years old now, and we still exchange Christmas cards. Really? He scared the pajubi. We had the same professor. I don't know if we were in the same class. But we weren't in the scared, same class. He scared the pajubis out I of me. I had the whole so class. So you were afraid of the man she had a crush on? Oh, my God, yes. I had my whole class to Jernigan to a Great Gatsby pool party just to get him down there out of off I campus. I was not invited to a and Great Gatsby pool party. So you would have been party. at my house yes, so years before you actually were had you been in my class. <laughs> and my mama had said to me before the party, why don't you find a boyfriend your own age? I'd like to say the children are coming home for the weekend, not Marion and an old man she has a crush on. And when, when he drove up and walked through the gate, I looked over and Mama and her best friend Catherine were going, <laughs> what I'm doing since you can't see me, they were panning and pulling their blouses out to fan themselves because he was so handsome to them. Now, this was a pool party, so obviously it was in the summertime and in Alabama, but that could have been the reason, too. Did he go swimming? Actually, he did not go swimming. And you know what? It was That was not the Gatsby party. It was the Mexican dinner that I had. And I was not invited to that one either, so. Did he wear a cassock? No, he did not. He was not a monk anymore. He had left the monastery by that time. Marion and I had an ex-monk for a teacher and an ex-nun for a teacher, uh, and both of them in. But they language. were exes in the sense that they, they had left. They had left, had left the order. The monastery, yes, she had left the order. So were they then dating? Um, one of them was dating as early back as we were in college, and is married to the man still today. What's that? I know nunnery is not the right word. Convent. convent. Get thee to a nunnery. Get thee to the nunnery. What's the convent in North Alabama that's up there near Ave Maria? Near Ave Maria. It's not Coleman. It's near um, Father Guido Sarducci. (laughs) No, No, not at all. (laughs) That's not a convent. Um, I know what you're talking about. And there's been an apparition up there. It's not Bernard. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think of it. I meant to go many, many times. And I would go online and I would look up when visitors were allowed to go and this was when I was working and traveling all over the state and I remember sitting at a table with some young teachers and mentioning the convent and that I had wanted to go and this young woman said wait what they have nuns there and I said yes nuns live there and she said nuns in Alabama (laughs) nuns in Alabama (laughs) you Catholics need to well we have the most, the cutest nun in the world that is here in Opelika, and she is from an order called the Trinitarians, and they traditionally have not worn habits because they were a missionary order in the South, and so they just wore the, the garb, if you will, of the day, but you can always tell them by, they have a, round, a pin that is round with a triangle in it, okay. and that's the only way that you know this, but I have a cousin a second cousin who is a nun in Alab- in Rhode Island. And when I went up for a funeral not too long ago, she came. And she was not in habit either any longer. She was a sister of mercy. They, they, don't, they don't wear habits any longer. So they right, can get right, out right. into the, the mode of people. 
cute guy just walked in and he's smiling at us. <laughs> so I'm going to take a break from our but not very supernatural podcast and just hand the microphone to him. I think he knows Joanne. He does know me. This is Daniel. Daniel, we're talking about the paranormal, the oh, unexplained, wow. and the supernatural, which you do know about. I just walked in here and saw you guys sitting here. <laughs> I had no idea you were going to put me on a microphone. Well, tell us about your experience with the supernatural. Yes. Did you have a story that came to your mind that you know about me? I, you know, I know lots of stories about you, Daniel, but I'll let you share one. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really crazy experience when I was um, probably 11. I had a friend that came and spent the night with me for a weekend. Pajama party. Well, I mean, it's guys. Guys don't yeah. call it that. Guys, guys, guys don't, don't do that. No. I don't know. Okay. Take, I don't know. We torture lizards or something. I don't know. So we got up early Saturday morning, and it was school season. So he came home from from school with me, and this and Saturday morning we got up early, went into my parents' garage. We were doing something really stupid. I mean, we were like, we were bored, and so we took some an old garden hose, and we were cutting it up making putting funnels at the end of it and blowing like making trumpet sounds or elephant sounds just you know 11 years old 12 years old maybe normal boy stuff right okay and um and we heard this really strange sound and this was in a neighborhood that you know everyone's sleeping right early saturday morning no one's up you know it might be seven o'clock and i hear this strange noise and we looked out across the street and it was my neighbor. My neighbor was working on his Buick Regal. He had all four tires off of it, had it on four jacks, and the car fell on him. <gasps> and he was under the back side, which it was one of those, you know, it's the older 80, 80s models that had um, the rear axle and the drive shaft, so it was really heavy. It was, I mean, solid metal car, like, you know, probably 79, 1979, 1980 wow. model. And this car fell on him, and he was in his 60s, didn't know him real well. He was just kind of the neighborhood grouch. And we ran across the street, grew up around mechanics. And so I tried to climb under the car and get the jacks out, but they were wedged. Now, keep in mind, he's 11 years old. (laughs) Uh, He was uh, frailing, too, and he was uh, swinging his arms. And every time I would try to get a jack unwedged, he would hit me because he was in shock. All I needed to do was, I told my friend David, I said, we've got to lift this car. And it was, it was the craziest thing that it came to my mind. So we put our backs to the bumper, and we both put effort, and we felt this car come up almost as if it wasn't even our own strength doing it. Uh-huh. And it was two of us. It was me, me and my friend David. We were, we were 11. I think two, he was a little bit younger yeah. than me. I might have been 12, maybe. Maybe, but, but we were we were skinny kids. We were little mm. kids, and we we this car came up. He crawled out from under this car, and he crawled all the way into his carport and opened his door from a kneeling position and went in the house. And we just walked back to our house. A few minutes later, ambulance came and hauled him off. Did I mean, he ever it, it say crazy. thank you? Oh, so about a week later, a week or two later. On another Saturday, he came to our house, and he had a gift for me. Uh, just, Joanne knows this. It's a longer story, but uh, he turned into, like, the Santa Claus of the neighborhood, from the Scrooge to the Santa Claus, and he had given me a, a couple of gifts. What were the gifts? So he had a son that was in the Navy, 
he was retired Navy himself, but his son had a 10-speed, a yellow 10-speed uh, bicycle that was in his, in his storage. And when his son would come on leave, he would let me ride this because a 10-speed back in that day, all I knew was one speed. Well, and, and know so that Daniel came from a large family, so to get to ride any bike was a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a ten-speed, you know, and we—I I mean, I've rebuilt bikes and stuff. I, I had made my own bike out of parts, just a little, you know. So, but have a nice new ten to ride and have access to this nice new ten-speed was amazing. Well, going back to your moment of strength, do you think that was? Um, an adrenaline rush, or do you think it was you know, divine intervention, or what was that? So I go back in my mind, and I think, and I try to think in mechanics. Like today, I've been in me- around you know mechanical things, and I'm trying to think: did it teeter totter? Did it? That car came up, and it wasn't us lifting it. Wow! I had older brothers that were ten years older. They were pushing twenty years old, and the group of them would get together and lift like a little small. Honda Civic hatchback, four mm. of them would just lift it and shift it over like one foot over. And I remember seeing them do that, but there's no way that two 11 year old boys would have lifted up no. your Regal 79 unexplained. 80 <laughs> unexplained. Yep, that's Daniel. Daniel has a lot of amazing stories. Interesting individual. Daniel, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Daniel. <laughs> So, Daniel, when the girls were having to spend the night parties, we used to play a game called Light as a Feather. And one girl would lie down, and the other girls at the party would gather around her, and the person sitting at the head would tell the story of how this girl died. And then you would go around, and everybody would say, um, concentrate, 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 concentrate. And then everybody would say, light as a feather, light as a feather. And everybody would put two fingers under the girl the dead girl and lift her body high into the air and we thought that was very 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 spooky and one night at a spend the night party that i had uh, one of the girls started crying and crying and crying and said we were all going to hell because we were doing devil stuff and i got so scared that i was going to go to hell because i'd been doing devil stuff and then all the girls were crying (laughs) my daddy he steps in in his robe with a cigarette and a glass of bourbon merit What's going on in here? <laughs> oh, Daddy, Daddy, we were playing light as a feather, and now we're all going to go to hell with the devil. <laughs> he said, <clears throat> we don't believe in the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned around and walked out, and I just quit crying, and I felt very smug. Oh, oh my. I love that. I love that. I've heard, of the, I've heard of the game. I have another supernatural story about my daddy. My recently, well, a year and a half ago, deceased. <laughs> Daddy, let's all have a minute of silence to revere him. Okay, so he said if he could choose anything to come back as, if reincarnation were real, he would want to come back as a buzzard. And my mother, who's his ex-wife, said, "Oh, once was not enough." (laughs) (laughs) And so the story goes on. He died at um, Bethany House. the The inpatient hospice place here in Auburn, which is wonderful. We had his ceremony, which was a raucous party at a bar, a month later. So on the way to his ceremony, we passed Bethany House, and lo and behold, if there weren't a bunch of buzzards all hanging out outside Bethany House, we had never seen them before, and of course my daughter said, it's Papa, it's Papa! (laughs) 
<laughs> they were all coming to the party. Yeah. Well, I feel Baba. sorry for the random person that's passing hospice and sees buzzards. Yeah, oh my it gosh, was not a that's very good true. sign. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, Mary, if you could come back, what would you want to be reincarnated as? Oh heck, one of my husband's dogs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get the real yeah. royal treatment. What about you, Dinah? Maybe um, a, a turtle, a sea, tu- a sea turtle, big and fast and Gulf Stream kind of living a hundred years. I don't know. Seems kind of nice. I'm trying to think. What would you come back as? What? I would come back as a iPad because I would get touched. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sad. You would be <laughs> I see why you're hanging out with us. <laughs> I'd come back as Oprah. Oprah? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oprah. And, oh, I'd vote for you for president. Thank you. <laughs> or maybe I'd come back as Charles Barkley. I'd you vote for you for president again. So I, can you come back as another person? Well, d- isn't that the plan if you believe in reincarnation? But a person that's already been? Wouldn't you have to be a new person? I, I think, think you can bend so. time. Oh, it's a bending time. Okay, Can't you? gotcha. I mean, yeah. well, reincarnation come back as a higher life form. So, so Oprah. What's higher Oprah. than Oprah? Hence Oprah. Exactly. <laughs> hence, yeah, hence Oprah. There's God. <laughs> so I know everybody's really concerned about the snake in my toilet. That was one of the, a mystic moment a few weeks ago. But um, I want to give a little update about the snake in my toilet. We finally gave up, you know, and, and told the snake, just go back where you came from. And that was several weeks ago. The snake is back. And here's how we found it. I thought it would be very funny to put a fake snake on the toilet so that when people go in our bathroom and they open the toilet lid, there's a fake snake there. And that was kind of funny for a while. That's hilarious, Mary. <laughs> I'm just well, knowing there had been a rather healthy snake in the toilet. I was going to say, if you did that, you'd have to clean up your bathroom a lot more than you do. <laughs> well, we had a friend come over who had just had a quadruple bypass. Oh, good. So I remember that there was a snake, a fake snake in the toilet. So I ran and I showed it to him and I said, look, Craig, don't be scared if you see this fake snake. So I just dropped it wherever it was. And so when my husband went downstairs late last night to um, let the little dog out of the rec room, he saw a snake on the floor. And he just thought, oh, there's that fake snake. And then he went back and looked at it again. And he said, yep, there's that fake snake. And then Anna came in and said, no, Daddy, that's the toilet snake. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm He's having back. to stop Anna and Joe from going out and catching mice and frogs to put down in the rec room to feed the snake. Um, Anna said on my way out, but Mom, it's practically a pet now. <laughs> we will not be meeting at your house until you find that snake. We had um, our house, since we're talking snake stories, um, we have a new house, relatively so. It's about four years old now. And the first day that I came home from work, after we had moved in appropriately, there is a corral made out of old boxes and um, sheet rock around my dryer, I mean my washing machine. And, excuse me, my dishwasher. And Which is it? It's the dishwasher. dishwasher. I know I have a lot of appliances. (laughs) Um, And I asked my husband what's going on. He said, there is a snake got in the house and went under the dishwasher when I tried to catch it. I lived with that for about two days and I said, I can't live in a house like this. I said, we need to draw it out. I said, why don't you put down some water for it? It, it, it needs water. 
And my husband sarcastically goes, do you want me to put down some kibble too for it? So he put one of these sticky things for that you no. catch. Yes. No. Oh, oh don't. Do, fear not, Mary. Ooh, yes. So <laughs> the, sure enough, the snake came out, rolled all through that. We saw where he rolled all through the sticky stuff, drank all the water, and went back up under to the, mm. <laughs> the dishwasher. So as I said, I could not live in a kitchen with the, with a corral. So I said, take it down. And my husband usually is not afraid of snakes, but I think he was not sure of the the kind of snakes. So, so one day, about two or three days later, I went into the bathroom, and there he is, curled up in the shower because what? Uh, he needed water, and so we got him and, and let him go outside. But well, we have lots of. Snakes. I want to. I want to go back to something that we skipped over, and that's the mystic moment, ah. because it's time for the mystic moment. Ding, and ding, ding. What I want to know is, has anyone decided what is the mystic moment? Let's ask our guest. Okay. Is it is it Daniel or da- Daniel? Daniel, 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 Dana. What's Dana, a Daniel? mystic moment? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant our guest that didn't know he was going to be on the spotlight. What is a mystic moment? I don't know. What is a mystic moment? <laughs> well, Daniel, <laughs> um, is it a moment when a mystic suddenly starts dancing in public? Or is it a moment when a mystic decides to burn her bra? I don't know. Tell us, <laughs> mystics. What is a mystic moment? So we don't know, but I think I have one from this past week. So I just wanted to see Girl, if it fit please, in the... Yes. Uh, Join us with a mystic moment. A friend and I went to Aricia for a lovely dinner. Aricia is the restaurant in our Auburn University Convention Center. It, I think it's supposed to be highbrow. We were sitting at this lovely table, and I had a pocketbook that I had bought from a native in Belize, and it was woven. And I love this pocketbook, but it had this long handle, and so I put it on the table so it wouldn't get dirty. And I'm talking away to my friend, and we're enjoying our, our bubbly spirits, and um, the bubbly spirits were drinking, and all of a sudden, our table flames up, and I've caught a Richia in my table on fire, and it's because my pocketbook strap fell over on the candle that was in a little candle container and caught fire, and so all the waiters ran over and, and put out my purse from Belize, and I kept saying things like, oh, well, I won't say all the words I said, be careful, I got that in. St. Lucia, and then I looked at the guy, and there's smoke building up, and I said, or was it Mexico? And I was naming all these countries that my burning purse was coming from. Of course, this is not making a good impression on anyone, including my dinner friend. That, I think, is my mystic moment for the week. I did take it to the seamstress, and she's repairing it. Oh, good. (laughs) Who else has a mystic moment? I would have liked to have seen that one. Well, we were talking about ghosts and paranormal, and we come far away from our subject and that's not like us that's so know, unlike yeah, us no, we don't no. i was looking up about what the catholic church does believe as far as ghosts are concerned because i've you know you hear about the holy ghost yes. but you don't <laughs> that's about the only ghost you hear about in catholicism the holy ghost like who well, is the third of the ghost? trinity he is the third person of the blessed trinity he is god he is the advocate he is the <laughs> what does he look sanctifier. like <laughs> what does he look like um, we're not allowed he to looks know. like a dove he could be appropriately he could be a flame of fire <laughs> <laughs> 
usually a burning bush. You know, he, he takes some. A burning forms. purse. A burning purse. <laughs> a burning bra. <laughs> a burning bra, Dana. You could, you could right. be a burning bush. If I tell my seamstress that the Holy Ghost caught my purse on fire, do you think she'd give me the repairs for free? You might <laughs> if she is a good Catholic seamstress. <laughs> Okay, Joanne, what, what goes, besides the Holy Ghost, was there more? I mean, come on, y'all. Well, gosh, you know, we believe that there are saints and angels and, yeah. and demons. And, and apparitions, I mean, right? Yeah. And relics. Well, my yeah. former husband read every book about every saint that ever breathed breath. And, and he's read books where saints who have been to heaven have come back and told what they saw there. And. And, he is and some a, that have been to hell and come back. And, and so right, and I mean, so he has assured me beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are dogs in heaven. Yes. Absolutely. So everybody who's ever told me that they're not can go straight to hell. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are no dogs in hell. Right. <laughs> but um, I had to do that. I had a child in my Sunday school class once. And he was adamant. I mean, we're talking about a 12, 13-year-old child. And he asked me, are there dogs in heaven? He said, because if there aren't, I don't want to go. Well, I oh. had that in my room as a child. I had a sign up that said, if there are no dogs in heaven, I'll go to hell. <laughs> I used to cry in but bed you, at night because I was afraid that not only there might not be dogs in heaven, but none of my family would be there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a really good little Do girl. Do atheist dogs go to heaven? Well, it depends on how you believe one gets to heaven. And if you believe that one gets to heaven by faith, there aren't, I mean, all dogs are going to be in heaven because all dogs have complete and total faith because they are pure. Okay, now, then. So. I'm going to run for president next year and talk in circles, and all of you are going to vote for me. I'll vote for you. <laughs> I did have to Google some paranormal stuff about Alabama, and this will be fast, but y'all need to know some of the things that are available out here. There are 73 paranormal societies in Alabama that are listed on the Internet. Two in Lee County. Yeah, two in Lee County, and there may even be two in our town of Auburn. I'm just going to tell you about my favorite one I found today, and that's the Alabama Bigfoot Society based in Wadley, Alabama. Of course. And I uh, went to the website, which is slow because the founder, Jim Smith, said he has health problems. There's a picture of Jim and his tiny chihuahua named Chico, who happens to be a Bigfoot alert dog on the website. Can I interrupt there. you and tell you that my brother's name is Jim Smith, and I'm pretty sure it's him? <laughs> That your what? My brother. My brother, you know. The okay, person we're going to do a whole other podcast about this. Gail, I think she's serious, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> His best friend was named Sam Jones, and that's the God's truth. If there is a God, and I know there's dogs in heaven, so there must be. But Is he a Bigfoot fanatic? Well, I can't go that far. I've seen Bigfoot. Uh. I'm just stunned. I, that may explain why Gail gave me a dish towel with a Sasquatch no, no, Gail, on it. You can't hand me after saying you saw Bigfoot. You cannot hand me that. Well, my friend microphone. Dana is sitting across from me. Went to um, University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and I just wanted her to know that in the most recent sighting of an Alabama Bigfoot, or it might have been the Alabama White Fang, spelled with an A, <laughs> that was in Tuscaloosa where there were howls and whoopings. Broken and those were trees. frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought it sounded like tailgate. All right, it begs it begs the question, Dana. When you were at the University of Alabama, did you any 
Did you know any white wild things? <laughs> <laughs> well, I met a few, and they some of them were hairier than others. So, so Bigfoot is alive in Tuscaloosa, obviously. <laughs> a lot of sightings out there in West Alabama. Well, when I was in school, Bryce was still um, right there, just a stone's throw from campus. And when um, I took Abnormal Psych, we were, we had to volunteer there. And so I was uh, um, writing letters for semi-literate schizophrenic ladies. And I would say, so, would you like to write a letter to your family? And they said, okay. And I said, so, shall we start with, hello, how are you? What else do you want to say? And they would say, tell them to go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, so, um, shall we tell them... you know, I would try and put niceties in there. Yeah, things are well. <laughs> but I met some really interesting people there, and I met a woman from um, Wilcox County, I think it was, named Beulah, who gave me one of the best compliments I've ever been given. She told me I was the first person she had ever met that she had never met before. Wow, oh, fascinating. That's nice. And you know, there and there go. I mean, people who have schizophrenia obviously have a different way of thinking. And that gets me back to my theories about how people see things differently. Right. Exactly. Now we say they're insane and they, you know, need to be regulated. But what if they're not? <laughs> you know, that's always that's always the the fear because things that we thought were crazy, oh, 50 years ago. Well, homosexuality was considered a mental disorder. Absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, there are just so many things like that. They say that one day they will consider like a treatment for cancer, radiation treatment, and they will consider that as archaic, as leeches in the medievals. Well, my mother, we were just talking about this yesterday, my mother was a psychologist and came up through the 50s and 60s, and she was talking to a, she was telling a story just yesterday about a very cynical psychologist that she met from California back in the day that said, I love having uh, gay patients because they never get better. Well, how many of you ladies of a certain age and gentlemen who is not of a certain age yet? Our young friend. is a sweet young friend. Used to read the Cosmo Girls Bedside Astrologer that came out in Cosmopolitan Magazine every January. Every year. My sisters and I would pour over it. I would too. It would tell you who your best mate the sign of your best mate, your best day of the week, the perfume you needed to wear, your color of eyeshadow, which mine was blue and I wear it still. <laughs> what part of your body you should show off. Right. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Whether it be your neck, your back, your arms. Your ankles. Don't go there, Daniel. Don't go there, Daniel. <laughs> your ankles. Your ankles. Was it never cleavage or buttocks? Oh, but the cover of the magazine said it, it all. all yeah. Truly. <laughs> They had a Cosmo quiz in every month's yes, edition, they I did. remember, and we took them religiously, yeah. you know, and Dana and I also, in high school, we used to write these long notes, and when I say long, they were like 10, I don't know, sometimes 20 pages long, and we would make up our own quizzes. We didn't call them Cosmo quizzes. No. But this was all before Facebook, you know, and you had to write out your own questions and answers and then what it said about you. We didn't, we couldn't do it on our phones. Well, and probably why Dana went into abnormal psychology. <laughs> she had a head start. <laughs> well, that was just one class. Have you read Family Bible? 
I have Melissa not. Delridge. No. She worked. Uh, she did the same thing you did at the University of Alabama and worked at Rice. And part of her book is about that. Mm -hmm. A great deal of her books about it. I'm gonna shout out to her because uh, we did a book book club and read family Bible, and we called her, and uh, she joined us that night and told us about her book because it was named Family Bible. It was the most sold book I think on Amazon. Ah, uh, that that's hilarious. They were buying the family Bible. <laughs> After you started talking about that book, I went home and I've had it for a good while, but I haven't read it. But I had bought it. it. Didn't think I was buying a family Bible, though. Oh, good. So I know that Bryce has closed in recent years. Where are those patients today? Under a bridge. It's terrible. No, they're in, sometimes they're in my office. It is a sad, it's a sad, sad, sad thing. I had a gentleman the other day in court and he had... He was mentally challenged, and he had this impulsive disorder where he would just haul off and hit somebody for no reason. You know, and normally, and he had been, he had been at Partlow, he had been at Bryce, but when they close those, you're right, they are just out in the public. Well, they're the those, they're group homes. Well, they're group but homes. But they don't really serve. His, his late, latest incident happened at the hospital. They took him to the hospital for his problems, a lady stood too close to him, and he called off and punched her, knocked her out. And furthermore, at a hospital, there is length of stay. Yes. And it yes. doesn't matter if you're dying and right. your length of stay is up, you got to go. Because they can get somebody else's insurance on that bed right. tomorrow. They put them on a bus. And to other states? To other states. <laughs> yeah. They do. They have social workers whose job it is regardless of how distasteful the job may be, to put them on a bus yeah. to so Florida. Very, very <laughs> that explains a lot. Yes. Oh, that's why you can <laughs> Google the Florida, Florida man. man. All right, folks, our, our time is winding down. It's been a lot of fun sitting here in Mama Mocha's, but we're going to wind it up and uh, remind all of you that we actually are a writer's group and that all of our books can be found on Amazon or in local places in Auburn. And I'd like to do a shout out to my son Rivers Langley, the comedian. His podcast, The Goods from the Woods. Our podcast, you can link up to our podcast on some of his. Ah, so he's our big fan. Thank you, Rivers. Let's do a shout out to Mama Mocha's in Auburn and Opelika. And yes. while we're at it, let's mention the delicious coffee that she roasts and sells. And the breakfast. If you haven't had the avocado salmon bagel oh, with MG. capers, yes. you ought to try it. And a shout out to Tool Pins, T-U-L, in hopes that they'll pick this up and sponsor it. Because <laughs> we use those pins all the time, and we talk about them, and we advertise for them. Any yeah, more shout outs? And ladies, um, make sure I get my oops, tool pen who just fell on the floor before And what a thrill to have not one but two guests today. And All right, huge high five, Daniel. shout out Woo. to our guests. <laughs> start with the letter yeah. D. How, okay, how illiter illiterate of us. They're <laughs> high five and illiterate. <laughs> what is guest Daniel's last name? Ross. Daniel Ross. Where can we contact you, Daniel, if we want to? <laughs> Joanne Camp is my agent. <laughs> oh, is that how you know Joanne? Look, you'll be happy to know she's represented most of us, and I think all of our children. <laughs> Gail always says, no, no, not I me. I have represented, not so, defended, the Mystic uh, Queen. She picked me up off the street when I got off the bus. <laughs> and, and showed him a good place to well, stay. Well, I laud her for that. 
and how can we contact the mystics? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mystic order of East Alabama. And you can find the show on Twitter at the mystics with an S pod and at youtube.com slash the mystics pod. So drop us a line at the mystics pod at gmail.com. You can contact us directly to schedule a reading. We'd love to come to your book club or to your garden club or order our books, which are also available on Amazon. Dana, how do we contact you? What if folks want to know more about you? Well, I do have um, a website. I have a Facebook page, uh, author page. Um, Tell us how to get there. Yes, it's Dana Ginther, author. G-Y. That's right. T-H-E-R. So I'm easy to find on the internet. In fact, Ginthers are as rare as Quetzals, so they're, we're easy to find. And as resplendent. Well, if you didn't enjoy this podcast, don't do anything. But if you did enjoy it, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And always remember, be, be the, the flame, flame, not the, the moth. moth.